1: Hello and welcome to Netflix to your weekly guide on what to binge this week. Bernie Kinkle, the only person you're gonna scare is yourself.
0: Charlie, what are you oh, doing? Keep the noise down. What are you doing here? Mace! just in time. There's a whole
1: load of police here. Think
2: the word you're gonna hurt yourself or someone else. Oh.
1: <laughs> How many children are you friends
2: with? I'm Helen Daly and I'm Helen Kelly. This week it's all things Orange is the New Black. I literally um, can't be happier that it's back but it's a bit of a bittersweet return as this will be the last outing for the Litchfield Ladies. We're going to tell you everything you need to know about the series and if that isn't enough we also have a very special guest. That's right Neela Debnath is back with her August roundup. How is it August already? It's a busy show.
1: So, Orange is the New Black, it's back, I'm really happy, I almost did a poem
2: there. <laughs> you almost did a poem, did you say? A poem. About Orange is the New Black? I could do. I Give mean, me until the end of this podcast right. and I'll have one. <laughs> you be freestyling. Yeah. All right, I think you should kind of, as you're the, <laughs> sorry about this, that you're the <laughs> only one that you've kind of stuck it out until where we are, what is it, like season seven? Seven. Um... You're kind of going to be giving us the insights because I kind of dropped off around season three. Wow. Yeah, sorry. I think it's season three, maybe season four. I don't yeah. know. Um, I never got to that controversial death. Oh, so God, um yeah. didn't get very far. Um, but what can you tease about the new series, Ellen? So I get, wh- I get
1: why people have dropped off completely. We'll discuss that a little bit later. But for those of you that are still with it, you know, the ladies are back. They're still in Max or either out of prison completely. So Piper's out. Um, Sophia's out. Yep, Sophia's out.
0: That's pretty much it, really. I think S- Cindy might be getting out, whereas like Tasty, we know, she is, she is not going? getting out. Yeah, yeah, Tasty is
1: very much like locked up for life now. Because if you remember, she was convicted of murder falsely. That's a big storyline. Um, yeah, so when we catch up with the ladies, um, it's kind of like, just picking up where it's left off nothing's massively changed obviously Piper is out and she's struggling to come to terms with being out of prison because she's quickly discovering that there's not a lot of help open for her um and her wife Alex is still in prison so yeah when we catch up with them it's just kind of getting back to know them again yeah these are still the same ladies they've grown slightly i guess and the story this time is really all about um it's quite political it's all about the deportation of Mm. kind of non-american citizens it's all about tasty and uh, suzanne's fight for what's right and It's about Alex keeping out of trouble, (laughs) mainly more than anything. But what you find is that there's a big switch up with the prison guards and um, there's a fight to become the new warden and we won't give any spoilers away about who gets it. But um, yeah, it basically means that there's a change coming for Max. Um, The laws are becoming a little bit easier, but that's not without kind of resistance. Um, So I was wondering kind of,
2: why did you guys stop watching? So I think... I got Netflix to watch Stranger Things and then once I'd watch that I kind of thought right okay what else is on there that I like people have gone on about and this is probably like nearly three years ago so I put on just the New Black on slowly started working my way through it and then I think I must have just got up to like I don't know what it was that I just stopped and then I really tried to get back into it but I couldn't really remember the storylines or what I'd forgotten maybe it was like a year after that I'd stopped um and I think because it was so far on I kind of like to be up to date I don't like to be like seasons behind so with Game of Thrones I was like very up to date like as soon as it came out I was watching it same with Handmaid's Tale and like Peaky Blinders, Stranger Things, all of that but with Orange is the New Black because I'd come to it late everyone kind of knew what was going on and what was happening and I felt like I was very behind I didn't really have anyone to chat with about it like no one else was really watching it around the same time as me so I kind of Gave up a little bit. I was like, all right, okay, it's not really a big deal. Like, I don't really feel like as many people are as interested now as when it first came out. Because I remember sitting at uni and housemates were like watching it, and I was just like, oh yeah, I'll get to it eventually. And I think when I finally did, it, it was just a little bit too late. Um, maybe I will go back and watch it. I mean, I had one of my housemates watches it religiously, and I did watch the uh, season six finale with them. But that must have been quite weird, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like what is going on, and like, all oh, right, okay, she's out now all right. I was like it took this long, but I don't know. I feel like some parts of seasons kind of dragged a little bit for me. It just took too long for like maybe there was too many episodes in one season, and I just kind of felt like, how is this gonna resolve? when is it gonna resolve? I didn't kind of want to be there ten seasons later, like with the Walking Dead and be like, right, okay yeah. so. She's I was
0: going to say, full disclosure, I haven't watched any of it and I'm so gutted that I haven't because it has been one of these like breakthrough kind of dramas and I need to go back and watch it. So at some point I will go back and watch all of it because the kind of implications it's had have been incredible. Kind of like you've never before seen like an LGBT cast, a diverse cast, that kind of thing. And it's just had an incredible impact. Like you have like star, breakout stars like Samira Wiley, Laverne Cox. They're just incredible and they've had such a wide kind of effect and impact.
2: I think if I'd stuck with it, like maybe if I watched it when it first came out and stuck with it or like even, I don't know, maybe something else just came out that I started watching instead of Orange is the New Black and then I kind of got distracted and there's so much on Netflix. So once you start like- yeah choosing what you're gonna watch like I have to sit and watch something all the way through yeah it's a bit daunting behind. it yeah. is a bit
0: daunting going back and watching seven seasons but I think that's the beauty of Netflix isn't it that you can just go back
1: I quite like like you saying that you like to be like up to date
2: with the seasons but I quite like catching up because <laughs> then you don't have to wait <laughs> for anything you can just yeah, watch it all I guess through. maybe like I should go away after this and then kind of find out where I was and like maybe start season three again and then try and catch up but I just find there's so much stuff on Netflix like this was one of their originals but I don't know. I think that yeah for
1: me Orange is the New Black is the reason I got Netflix you know we all have that one thing and for me it was Orange is the New Black and what I found with season seven already is that you know we don't want to spoil too much so we're just going to keep it to the first couple of episodes but um what I found already is that it's gone back to its roots quite a lot it's okay. still what you know from I'd say probably seasons like four to six it was very political very yeah. driven whereas you know the first three were drama led kind of funny as well it was a comedy and I think what we've what you find is in season seven they've nailed both of it they've got the political side down they've got the real shock values they've got And they've got genuinely funny moments as well, like Piper um, with her brother's kid is actually quite funny and she has no idea what to do with a kid and I find it honestly relatable. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I know you wanted to discuss, Neela, was the the politics side of it. Um, What what did you think when you've seen
0: the headlines and stuff that's come out? I think it's so interesting, for instance with Pousset's death, um, that was came out at a time when the whole kind of Black Lives Matter movement was very much at the forefront of the media. And the fact that Orange is the New Black tackles it head on, it doesn't shy away, it's unflinching. And I think that was an incredibly powerful thing to do. And it's amazing how TV has this kind of political stance that it can do this. And I think with Orange is the New Black, it's continued to do that up to season seven with mm. ICE, which I believe is the Immigration Customs Enforcement. Um, And they are very much in the news at the moment because they've been arresting people and it's like deportation. So it's very relatable, especially with Blanca's character, what's going to happen to her. And I think it's very admirable that Orange is the New Black and the writers have really decided they're going to explore this as well, well as the kind of prison system in America and its pitfalls, which has always been part of the show. Um, so I think, I think it's been really, really great. So we'll see where it kind of goes, if it does have an impact, because there may be people out there who don't know what ICE is. They don't know that people are kind of being separated and like some people getting deported and stuff. So I think it's really important that probably people watch this from the political point. Standpoint. That's it. I mean, you know, watching the the scenes
1: with Ison, I was kind of aware that it was happening, Mm. but you don't really realize exactly what's happening. So obviously, it is a drama. It might not be exactly true to life, but what they depict is that there's a mixture of you know convicted criminals and just people that don't have their ID on them at the right time. And you know, if there's a criminal in this center, they're in red. And if there's and if they they're just going to get deported, Mm. they're in orange. And you see, you know, there's like still, although it's not prison, there's still like a hierarchy within this group because the the ones in orange don't really want to associate with the ones in red and vice versa. Um, and I think what is interesting is with Blanca's character is that, you know, she just wants to move on. Like they all yeah. just want to move on. And yet again, the system's kind of trapping them. And um, I think they've nailed it with ice, bringing ice into it this season because, yes I guess you can get quite bored of just the prisons um and you know they did shift to max which kind of helped a bit with the Litchfield drama however you know bringing ice in that's a whole new thing because that's not a prison yeah it's physically not a prison
0: it's very much what's going on right now
2: with yep. people they're not allowed phone calls they're not allowed like this they're not allowed that I feel like stuck with that as well with the ice thing and like how that is kind of like there's what's going on in America right now some people in America might see the headlines like sometimes I look at the headlines on the news and think not I like I can't watch it like there's just too much bad news and I think some maybe people in America see like these headlines again and again and they just kind of maybe they've not grown tired but kind of like it doesn't have the same effect and maybe they, they will watch it on Orange is the New Black and see it and be like you know what this is really horrible, maybe what's happening in the news will resonate with them more in a drama form. Because you see stuff like that on like the soaps with if someone's um, I don't know, being attacked or takes their own life, it can have such a massive effect on the viewers and people start reaching out to charities and it can kind of with it kind of gets people talking. So I think with this, it might get people watching in America more talking about what's going on there and maybe people in other countries who didn't really have too much information about what's going on in america go out and look and think oh my god this is can't yeah i can't think of the right adjective like (laughs) horrendous yeah horrible Uh, and it's happening right
0: now and i think people are starting to kind of realize i think with orange is the new black it definitely shed a light on kind of prison systems in America but also they're not too far from our own prison system and in other exactly, countries yeah. and there are all these questions and kind of going on at the moment about rehabilitation about how people kind of can be integrated back into society and I think season seven does that very well it's just kind of looking at how tough it is.
1: That's what I really wanted to touch upon next actually you know we we've mentioned Piper is out she is really struggling and um Taylor Schilling. she's really good at, at showing that the kind of humorous side she never really like lets you in too much what you see with Piper is that she is desperate to work she wants to work because mainly she wants the money to go to prison to see Alex however um there's a really touching scene in the first episode where her um rehabilitation officer comes to see her and says right um why don't you get another job if you're not getting enough money and Piper says well I've been offered work at the restaurant but my parole won't let me because I have to be home by 11 and restaurant work finishes at one So she's very much limited to like the certain types of jobs that she can do. And that for me was just like so eye-opening because you wouldn't even think that. Like she we take it for granted. Mm -hmm. She wants to be a waitress, she wants to work in a restaurant, earn some money, and then go home.
2: But just because of that like two hour time gap, like she just can't. But we saw that in When They See Us. Exactly, yeah. When they like try to get a job and it's like, you have to be home by seven. And you can't really work in a cinema. You can't really work in like a shop. There's so many like limited. And it just shows that that hasn't really changed. And, and you think, yeah. yeah. That was like from the 80s, the 90s yeah. and nothing's changed for in
0: 20, 30 years. It's ridiculous.
1: I think actually Orange is New Black and When They Say Us go
0: really, really well hand in hand together. Yeah. There's a lot of the same issues. Mm. Definitely about the kind of, we need a
2: reformation of the prison system. And I think maybe as well with this, because it's more of a drama, because I know when we discussed When They Say Us, we touched on, Um, I think it's 13, um, which is the other Ava DuVernay documentary. That's very serious and you kind of have to focus. When They See Us was kind of serious, but you could kind of connect to it on like a dramatic level. And then with Orange is the New Black, you've kind of got it is more of a drama. Like, So people are watching it for enjoyment, but then these issues are coming in and they're kind of raising like this is a problem with when you get out of prison, this is a problem in prison, this is how people... like. No one really expects or plans to go to prison and like Piper didn't really expect she was going to go to prison and then it happens and like how does her family deal with that, how does she deal with that and it's things that you wouldn't expect to think about that you start thinking about so I think as a drama it makes it more accessible to an audience rather than a documentary or something that is so hard hitting that you don't want to go home after a really long day at work and sit down and watch something That is going to be really serious. You want something lighthearted and I think this has a good mix of both.
1: Yeah, like the comedy lines, they really, really hit like super well. Um, I think, you know, you get this from the first few seasons. Yeah, Mm. it's the
0: dramedy. It coined the term dramedy because it managed to marry those two kind of genres so well and then everyone else has kind of been copying it after
1: that. Well, I think as well with Orange is the New Black, what it does so well is that, it, you know, it has the comedy. It's never, it's never too slapstick. It's always quite like serious comedy. And then it also has like, the worst things that you could ever watch on TV happening, like the the SWAT sticker on Piper's arm, Poussey's death. You know, in the first episode, one of the guards is shoving drugs in a condom down Alex's throat. Like this kind of stuff probably does happen yeah. and they're not afraid to show it. And I think that's what I personally will miss with Orange is New Black because I, I haven't seen another show that kind of borders both genres so
0: well. Yeah, it's usually quite quite hard-hitting like I think Wentworth is like the reimagining of Cell Block H and then you've got I think Clink is another one that was on Channel 5 again these kind of like prison dramas but yeah Orange is the New Black has fallen into this kind of dramedy kind of genre where it's balancing both and doing both well because I think if it was just all kind of violence and this is what happens in prison it would turn a lot of people off and I think the fact that it manages to kind of walk that line between comedy and drama has brought a lot, a much bigger audience to it, basically.
1: Mm. And Helen, you were saying one of your favourite bits about the show is showing the backstories as well of the characters.
2: Yeah, I kind of like that insight because obviously they're in prison and it is a lot of heavy focus on the prison. So when you kind of got to see those episodes that focus more on certain characters and why they're in prison and how they got there, and it's kind of from their viewpoint as well. So I really like that kind of more human insight I like to know things about people. I don't just like a character to be like, here's a character, I like them, I kind of want to know. You kind of get more of an understanding of who they are, why they're like, how they are in prison, um, like with Red, what she was like before, Um, Piper, Alex, their relationship before. And you kind of think, all right, okay, that's why they're like that. And you can, I find you can relate to them more. They're more human yeah. at the end of the day. They're not prisoners.
1: They're actually just people who have maybe made a mistake and then- They're doing time for it now. And I like that with Orange is the New Black is that some of these criminals have done genuinely quite bad stuff. But you kind of still like them, (laughs) like in a weird way, because they are reforming or
0: they're at least making an attempt to reform. And I think that's the power of Orange is the New Black, that it manages to make you kind of empathise with characters that you wouldn't necessarily want to on screen. So I think it's done this incredible job, and it's it deserves all the awards it, it's kind of got and will get. Hopefully,
1: I hope so because there's an incredible moment as well, just to kind of round up the end of the the season seven chat where they discuss there's some guards training and they discuss what why why does prison matter and what does it mean to you? And you know, one of them gives this incredibly powerful speech about how you know it's an opportunity for people, and I think Orange is the New Black it doesn't show prison as like the final resort it shows it as a learning curve and I think very much you see all of the characters go through this incredible transformation throughout whether they've toughened up whether they've softened or whether you know they've just tried to get by like these are all like characters that we can all kind of relate to in some way and genuinely you know I was going to finish with is it time to say goodbye and I thought I was ready to say goodbye to Orange is New Black but thinking about it thinking about the characters I don't think I am because like I think they're all so well-rounded and I I genuinely would would want to see what they're doing.
0: We'll have to see I guess I mean I think it's it's had an impact already and hopefully we can see more shows like that in the future I mean Orange is the New Black the kind of second big Netflix kind of original after House of Cards it's it's lost it's been seven years to think that we've kind of had streaming for that kind of long and it's still survived it's still kind of had a massive audience who've come in to watch it. I'll be really interested to see what happens next with Netflix, with these kind of shows, because Netflix is also kind of... it's. I feel like Orange is the New Black had a kind of platform that you've now got the kind of Netflix's strong black lead. You've got their kind of promotion of pride and stuff. And I feel like Orange is the New Black opened the door for that. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's... Yeah, I think it's going to be sad when it goes maybe... Maybe it's time, maybe it isn't, but it's done so much good. And I really hope that we get more TV shows that champion diversity, champion different body types, champion race and sexuality, because we need more of that on our screens. We need so much more representation.
2: I think it is time to say goodbye. Not because I switched off after season three, <laughs> but because I think sometimes with stuff when, like, you really love it and it you've kind of mentioned that, like, it resonates with people and it brings political issues to the front and educates people but at the same time i think good things need to end yeah. when it's good because i think if it kept going for like i don't know another two or three seasons maybe it would lose that that power to kind of influence people and in what they think and i think it's done a really good job of kind of getting people to talk about the issues with prison after the political issues, kind of promoting pride and um, shows with a a black lead. But like, I just think if you kept going with this, Netflix has kind of done, not Netflix, but Orange is the New Black has done its job for Netflix and getting them to kind of have those categories and representing more of Netflix's viewers. So you have more of a choice. But I do think it's time because... I just don't think don't ruin something that's good because it's like so many shows that I have loved and then you get to I don't know maybe like 10 seasons in and you're just like why am I even watching this anymore so I think yeah it is time for it to go but for a good reason
1: yeah and I think it's credit as well to Orange is the New Black that it's lasted seven seasons you know we were only talking a couple weeks back about Stranger Things how it's in what season three now And we kind of want it to end (laughs) because we're like, please don't ruin it anymore. Um, So I think, yeah, congratulations to the cast and crew of Orange is New Black. We have loved every second of the Litchfield ladies. But yeah, I am going to get emotional. (laughs) Don't cry. Time to move on. (laughs) So, Neela, you are here to talk about August's exciting new shows
0: yes I am what is your top pick top pick Mindhunter oh my god season two I recently watched season one it took I don't know why it took me ages but I binged through it and I loved it so if you don't know what it's about it's kind of looking at kind of criminal profiling of serial killers in its infancy in the 70s Um, and you've got two FBI agents going around kind of speaking to serial killers. It wasn't really the dumb thing to do because the whole idea of ethics, morality, can you even reason, have a conversation with these kind of monsters? But they did. Season two is going to be looking at the Atlanta child murders. Um, So we're going to see more of that kind of thing as well as more kind of conversations with serial killers. So is that based on the Atlanta child murders
1: podcast? It's called like Zodiac or something, the podcast. So I just listened to that and it's
0: am I right in saying it's unresolved? They did convict somebody of it as far as I'm aware, but some people I think doubt the person who kind of went down, but I don't know too much about that. But what I can say is that Mindhunter itself is based on the book Mindhunter by um, John E. Douglas and Michael Olshaker. So um, John E. Douglas was kind of this FBI agent who was going around in the 70s, 80s, speaking to these criminals, and he did advise on the Child Atlanta murder case. So I'm assuming it's kind of taking it from that kind of perspective. Obviously, Mindhunter is a fictional tale. It's got fictional characters. It's written by playwright Joe Penhall, um, and it kind of extrapolates the stuff from his real book and kind of weaves it into a dramatic story, basically. Amazing and yeah I've seen the first
1: season I absolutely cannot wait for season two it's one of those incredibly creepy
0: dramas that keeps you kind of hot. It's so compelling it's so compelling and just watching kind of Jonathan Groff of Frozen fame yeah (laughs) exactly kind of like awkward character who's getting really a little bit too much into the kind of serial killer profiling kind of thing yeah, he gets a real kick off it, doesn't he? Yeah, so it does make it kind of plays on that line of like, what's what's happening to him? Is he becoming like a psychopath, like the ones he's interviewing? So it's it is fascinating. Um, so when's that out? So that'll be out on the sixteenth of August. Great, and um, if you want something a bit lighter, so Glow season three is going to be making a comeback. This time, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling are going to be in Las Vegas. Um, so this time they've got a nightly show and they're going to be kind of rising to fame still dealing with their kind of inner battles and dynamics between them this time it's set in 1986 so lots of leg warmers, lots of lycra <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and blue eyeshadow so yeah, if you're, if you're kind of craving some more 80s nostalgia after Stranger Things give this a go
2: Glow did really well I think I was really surprised at how well it did Mm. I kind of binge watched the first season on like a rainy day yes and then kind of went through season two because and I think season two is a lot slower like not as great for me as season one but I think I'll probably end up watching season three yeah it's it's good it's it's fun I think it's like watch it when you have dinner after work kind of thing yeah you don't have to
1: concentrate too hard on it but nila i believe that's out august
0: 9th yeah so that'll be coming out on august 9th
1: um so how about spanish period dramas
0: spanish period dramas (laughs) (laughs) i think i've like heard of this leading
2: into a very specific show cable girls here we go nila
0: so yeah so this one is going to be the final season um, so season four, so it's kind of set in the 1920s, and you're following these women who work at a telecommunications centre. It's just about their lives and kind of balancing their families and kind of the responsibilities of being kind of a woman in this time. So that's coming to an end, but um, before it bows out, you've got one more season to enjoy. And um, have you seen any of it? I've personally never heard of this one, but I haven't seen it, but I've heard um, I've heard from the um, other people in the office that it's actually pretty good and i think i think it's quite nice that it is kind of a spanish language um drama and it has done well
2: and what else have we got okay so did you guys watch sacred
0: games last year
2: i haven't but there was a lot of hype around it, and it, a lot yeah, about it. <laughs> it's done really well i think a lot of people were really surprised
0: yeah so that was the first indian netflix original and it's basically if you like narcos if you like gangster stuff it's definitely one for you so we're going to have um, Sacred Games season two kind of picks up where the last season left off, where there's still an attack coming to Mumbai, a nuclear one. How are they going to stop it? Why is it happening? That kind of thing. Um, so that's like in the present day and you've got flashbacks to this kind of gangster in the past. And it's about how it's all interconnected. And we just don't know at this stage. There are there, There's so many questions. That we're not going to get that many answers, but we'll see. And that one is kind of, um, it's based on Vikram Chandra's book of the same name. Apparently it's a thousand pages, so. There's a lot of content then. <laughs> There's a lot oh, yeah. of content. It's. I think they're going to do four seasons in total, so. From one book? Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, so each season is going to kind of take a quarter of it. So that'll be interesting to see where it goes. And it, it has done phenomenally well. Um, so, so yeah, I'm excited for the kind of next chapter to see what unfolds next. And obviously it has done really well. Do you think fans will get on board with season two? I think they will. I think it had like millions of views when the trailer dropped. I think everyone's really excited. And I think because it's a book, it's all been crafted already. So it's all about them. It's how they do the adaptation. Yeah. So I'm just hoping that it'll kind of continue. I hope it doesn't kind of lose its momentum because sometimes when you're, when you're at the beginning of telling a story, it's really exciting. And then when you get to the middle, sometimes it lags a bit. So I'm just hoping that they can keep up the momentum of the story. Calf Calf Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, the next title that you have on your list oh, before, is Honestly Incredible. Yes, before I forget. Um, August 15th is when Sacred Games Season 2 is out. Amazing. Okay, so the naked director. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> i feel I feel like i felt like just the title alone kind is of this justified. a new show
2: yes it is okay why oh, i didn't know because you said you were really excited about it and i was like what, just have the title. I, missed <laughs> <Why?"> <laughs> title I was like when did this come out what have i missed like <laughs> like not another one that i've missed <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so
0: yeah so this is um a japanese drama in the 1980s about the rise of the adult film industry So maybe not one to watch with your parents. Yeah, okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) So it's about the real-life director, Tori Maranishi, who lost his job um, and then decided to go into a very different line of work. He was basically started off as like a door-to-door salesman. Didn't work out for him. Decided to go into kind of the adult film industry. That's quite
1: the change. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, it Sounds looks like he might have made a lot of
1: money, though. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he probably did, but he was kind of considered groundbreaking at the time because it was, obviously Japan, quite a conservative country, and it's kind of about how he kind of his rise, like his kind of porn empire, how it kind of grows and stuff. And I think I think it'll be nice just to kind of it's something a bit different. I think you don't really see that kind of thing, so it'll just be like a more kind of lighthearted comedy. How he lands himself in trouble, making his racy, naughty films. That kind of thing, <laughs> and is that in Japanese language? I believe yes, it is. Okay, that's interesting. But subtitles or uh, sub uh, dubbing? Even, I mean, do- what do you guys think of Netflix's dubbing?
2: I'd rather have the subtitles. We've definitely had
1: this discussion before. It really throws me because I'd never watched anything being dubbed before, and then watched uh, the rain. Oh yeah, and I was like, why is it so out of sync? Oh. Okay, it's dubbed. <laughs> oh,
0: really? That's that's really interesting because when I watched Dark, the German, that's better. That's yes. really good. I yeah. couldn't really tell. They did it in such a way that the lips and the sounds that you hear looked a lot more kind of cohesive together. Yeah. But I know it has differed. I know some people who watched Elite.
2: Oh God, that's why I switched off. Couldn't deal with the dubbing.
0: Really? Could not deal with it. Some yeah.
2: I don't mind subtitles. Just put subtitles. Yeah, I'd rather on. have the subtitles. But the dubbing I could not deal with underneath it. Eh?
0: Interesting. Well, I guess we'll just see with this one whether whether it kind of resonates with people. Um, so the Naked director will be coming out on the 8th of August.
1: We'll all tune it. <laughs> and um, I believe there has been a 13 Reasons Why Season 3 update.
0: Well, there's speculation. Um, as you may or may not know, um, Netflix last week made the decision to cut the Hannah Baker suicide scene um, from season one, so it will no longer be on Netflix after speaking to kind of um, specialists um, within suicide prevention who said it would be better without it in the show. Um, Just gonna put it out
2: there, I feel like they should have probably done that before the first season came out. Yes. Yeah, I don't I think Netflix everyone maybe. here is in agreement yeah.
1: that it's a, a welcomed move, definitely, because it, it is an awful scene to watch. And yeah, I'm yeah. glad that people that are new to the season, to the show, won't have to watch it, yeah. actually.
0: I think it's still going to be controversial, but um, along with kind of making that announcement that they were editing that out, um, they also confirmed that it'll be coming out in the summer. While we don't have a date yet, um, it looks like it could be soon. Because Netflix like to do that kind of like,
2: it's next week yeah. or it's tomorrow. They
0: do that with 13 Reasons Why. I've noticed that kind of season two just dropped suddenly mm-hmm. without much kind of kind of you didn't know much about it I mean so yeah so I mean Brian York even said that we're about to launch but ahead of that this is what we're kind of doing
1: Mm. and I think as well um when something's so popular like that they don't really need to hype it too much exactly um what do we think about season three because I know there's been a quite a mixed response to season two
2: um do we think there should have been a third season no I I think they should have stopped after season one to be honest yeah because i think the story very much got wrapped up in season one you understood everything season two okay there was points where you kind of got more um of an understanding of what had happened to hannah and to like the people in the kind of circles around her but then the kind of ending of season two i just felt like was like oh my god don't think i needed to watch that if you don't know what's coming like it's all very well putting like this episode contains this, this and this. But I did not I kind of knew it was kinda coming up, but I had to cover my eyes because I just it was really kind of upsetting to watch. Um and I just think like how much further are they gonna push it? Because I get it, this stuff happens, but it I don't feel like it has to be so graphic. There is like a much better way to go about explaining things that are happening in high schools in america and across the world but i just think season two just crossed the line for me a little bit i will watch season three see what it's like but i think they need to kind of think about slowing down and stopping it really so obviously the scene that you're referring to is tyler and the broom um obviously it did get a
1: lot of hate when it came out and it it has been you know said to be triggering why do you think they've not removed that if they're going to remove the suicide scene? I
0: was thinking exactly the same thing yeah. when I read that. I don't know. I I think they just need to be careful going forward. I mean, I, I have no answer as to why they didn't do that and why they chose the other scene. There are, there are a few scenes that could have been removed, but they chose not to. So, I mean, we're not going to know. We're not in the upper echelons of Netflix to know why. Um but I kind of agree with you guys. I think it kind of has gone... I feel like it probably did cross a line that didn't need to be. And I think they have to be super responsible because the type of people watching this are going to be young people.
1: It's aimed at teenagers. Yeah, very and you have so.
0: to be very careful and very responsible when kind of tackling these issues and topics. And I completely get what they're doing. I think it's very admirable kind of discussing these topics that maybe aren't being talked about but I think there is a way to go about it and I don't necessarily know if it's been approached in the right way I mean we'll have to see what happens season two finished quite I would say controversially with kind of a school mass shooting being thwarted and stopped before it can happen but I think they need to really tread carefully
1: I think as well you know they've they've shown that they can do it carefully you know they've taken the suicide scene out and like replaced it with just Hannah being discovered with by her parents yeah they've cut all of that out which you know it's still like a disturbing scene anyway you'd like you still don't want to watch it but they've cut the horror out which is right and they should do that really with Tyler yeah I think as well um yeah and I think when they were approaching the school shooting and you could see it coming and it had been in the news and you were just like, Please don't happen, please don't happen and you you I don't think you should be watching something and dreading so much, like that you what you're gonna see. Yeah. So I, I hope they've learned some lessons for season three.
0: I really hope so. I mean after season one and kind of getting some backlash, they did introduce kind of like a website where you can get details, which is actually a really good website because um doesn't matter what country you're in you just select like if we're in the UK you select the UK and it shows you all the kind of helplines which is good they have they have like a message at the beginning of every um episode saying like is this for you this this is what it contains you kind of make the decision maybe watch it with an adult that kind of thing but that should have been done
2: before season 1 came out yeah but even though they had those warnings and I kind of had read things about that episode with Tyler I mean maybe I shouldn't have watched it but I just think those warnings did not prepare you like they could not prepare you. Yeah, I, I didn't know that
1: was coming at all. Yeah, it's how was all.
2: how did you react then? Um
1: I was absolutely horrified. Like yeah. it literally made me feel sick. Yeah. Um and as a result, you know there was a lot of people friends and family that I knew were going to watch it. So I I said to them like please let me tell you about this scene because if you need to skip it, then that's fine, because I I don't want anyone to watch it, really.
2: Yeah, I did that when um, I watched the, in the first series, and Hannah is raped. So I told a lot of people about that, and said, like, look, I honestly, like, I cried, so if you want to skip it, like, I think I covered my eyes with that one as well. I cried, and I covered my eyes and was like, I can't watch this, like, it is just a bit too much. So if, I think there needs to be, like, a bit of a summary Especially for younger viewers, because if you're watching this and you're 12, 13, I don't really think that's appropriate viewing. To be I mean, honest. it's not
0: rated. I mean, they shouldn't be watching it, but obviously it's Netflix. You can.
2: Yeah, it should be like a rated 16, I think at least, because I think there's just some stuff in there that I would like. If I was a parent, I wouldn't want my 13, 14 year old child watching. Mm-hmm. There are like really interesting topics, but some of the scenes, like I just think i don't think they need to watch it or see it um if you've been affected by any of the issues
0: and um, that we've discussed in this podcast you can call the samaritans in the uk on 116 123 or visit a local samaritans branch for confidential support
1: thanks neela and um, i believe on your notes you are saving the best till last
0: yes so we have dark crystal the age of resistance um this is going to be a big one for netflix it was teased at San Diego Comic-Con recently, um, and it's going to be kind of probably the jewel of August. So um, it's a prequel to the Jim Henson um, film of the same name from the 80s, um, and it's got a ridiculously star-studded cast. So you've got Mark Hamill, Helena Bonham Carter, Sigourney Weaver, Eddie Izzard, Jason Isaacs, and that's just that's, that's just a few. It's madness, I just can't believe of it. Yeah, so, um, right, so the Netflix synopsis for this i should read out so i guess if you're coming to this fresh let me give you kind of a kind of little insight so when three gelfling discover the horrifying secret behind the scissor's power they set out on an epic journey to ignite the fires of rebellion to try and save their world what have you just said (laughs) i'm not (laughs) completely sure (laughs) they they are creatures and all i can say is that the cgi looks incredible for it um i think it's going to be amazing it's going to bring Jim Henson to a completely new group of like a new generation. And I'm very excited to see what happens. I, I've i seen um, Labyrinth and I loved it with David Bowie and stuff. So I think it's just going to be fun. Uh,
1: it, there's a lot of hype about it. And I know one person in particular, Callum, is very, very excited for this one. Um, It's not my usual thing, but I have to say the hype has caught me.
0: Yeah, I think definitely. I think it's quite dark. It's interesting. I think it kind of falls into the kind of Stranger Things kind of scariness vibe because I mean I find Stranger Things scary. I feel like this looks like it could be a bit scary, but also kind of kind of exciting and epic. And I'm I'm looking forward to it because I feel like I love those kind of eighties kind of films and TV shows where they go on an adventure and they kind of go out like Willow and stuff. I used to love that as a kid and they go and they fight evil things and then they kind of overcome it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that.
1: And when can we see that?
0: So that's coming out right at the end of August on August the 30th. We definitely will be doing a special for that. Uh, anything else, Neela? Um, so other releases are she and the Princess of Power season three. That's coming out on August the 2nd. Dear White People season three. That's also August 2nd. No Good Nick Part 2, August the 5th, and the documentary from the Obamas on the 21st of August, that's American Factory. So there's
1: a lot of good stuff there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Lots, lots to keep you in front of the TV during
2: summer. So quickly, what's your topic?
0: I think mine's going to have to be Mindhunter, but also I'd say The Dark Crystal. Helen?
2: I am very intrigued by The Dark Crystal, to be honest. It's not really my kind of thing, but I watched the trailer and thought, you know what? Kind of want to give this a go, kind of want to see what it's all about. Same, absolutely same, Dark Crystal. Just a month to go
1: then. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us to chat all about Orange is the New Black. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, comment and tell your friends about us. Join in with the debate on Twitter at Netflix Pod, where we'll be discussing and teasing details of our next episode. So next week, we're going to be fondly waving farewell to Jane the Virgin. The show has had an incredible run, but
1: it's now time to say goodbye. And as ever, we'll give you some tips on some exciting new TV too. You
2: absolutely do not want to miss that one. See you next week.